The Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association is a national bilingual association of professionally trained counselors. CCPA's members work in diverse fields of education and employment and career development, social work, business, industry, mental health, public service agencies, government, and private practice. Their 2019 conference was jointly presented with the International Association for Counseling. It was held May 13 to 16, 2019 at the Delta Beauséjour Hotel in Moncton, New Brunswick. I'm your host, Mark Franklin, practice leader of a team of career professionals at CareerCycles.com and co-founder of One Life Tools. I'm pleased to be your host today on Career Buzz. Amy Rubin is a yoga therapist and has worked with hundreds of clients suffering from anxiety, depression, addiction, and chronic pain. She's currently pursuing her master's in counseling. Her conference session was called Yoga Therapy, Basic Frameworks and Therapeutic Techniques for Counselors and Other Professionals. Christina Gentile holds an MA Counseling Psychology from the University of Victoria and a BFA from Concordia with a minor in religion. She's also a voice and yoga teacher. Her session was called Pranayama, Yogic Breathing Practices as Forces for Transformation in Counseling Psychology. My guests today are Amy Rubin, yoga therapist and counselor, and Christina Dina Gentile, clinical counselor and certified yoga teacher. My name is Mark Franklin, host of Career Buzz. Thanks both of you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Amy, let's start with you. What what are you doing today in your career and what what do you like about it? Mm -hmm. Well, I have been a yoga teacher in the past and a counselor in the past and I am moving into private practice right now. And what I love about it is that uh, there's so much room. People can come anytime they're not feeling well. And yoga offers such a wide variety of opportunities for people to suffer less. So we often think of our physical ailments, which certainly yoga therapy can help, but uh, it, it, it's, it's truly a holistic practice. And with yoga therapy, we get to start with the individual. So it's not a cookie cutter class. We're finding out who the person is and meeting them where they are. Nice, thanks. Suffer less. I like the way you put that. Um, Christina Gentilier, over to you. What what are, What is all the different things that you do in your career and what do you like about it? All right. So um, currently I'm working for Child Youth Mental Health in British Columbia and uh, I'm a counselor there. Um, but I'm also a yoga teacher. I was teaching at the University of Victoria and uh, my specialization in yoga has been uh, pranayama, so breath control practices in specific to uh, alleviate stress-related conditions such as anxiety, depression, and other things like that. So um, I've really taken the focus on the breath, uh, the breathing practices in the tradition, and to really uh, kind of analyze what is going on and how is it affecting the body. Nice. And, and for both of you, and I, I should say to listeners, we're here at the um, Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association Conference in Moncton, New Brunswick. Um, Christina, you just said you're out in BC. Amy, where are you based? I'm based in rural Nova Scotia, Bear River, Nova Scotia. Bear River, okay. Opposite sides of the country. You guys just met at this conference. We're going to find out more about your future collaborations in a moment. (laughs) What would you guys say are important skills or strengths? If listeners were interested in both the yoga teacher thing and counseling, and you've blended them both, what are some skills or strengths that you use to be successful, Amy? Well, I think that what's really important is being curious and uh, having a genuine interest in, in a person's life and, and a person's expertise in where they're at and, and what, they're, what they're interested in and what they're ready for. And um, that's what makes this job never boring. Everyone has a different story and our stories build who we are. And we have so many hidden strengths that sometimes just need the right environment to 
to get uncovered and to kind of bubble up to the surface. And um, it just it just makes it, it's such a transformative. It, it's watching people transform on a daily basis, which is so amazing. Nice. Well, you sound like you're enthusiastic about it as well, which is good to have your yoga teacher really be into it. Uh, what about you, Christina, with skills and strengths that you use? So I think um, having a holistic lens is really uh, important. I think uh, being able to have that whole person perspective, but also a multicultural lens, because obviously uh, we are working from a tradition that, uh, especially when we're talking about yoga, that derives from India. Um, and so we want to be able to integrate that knowledge respectfully. And how is it also being adapted in Western society right now, but also in different religions and in faiths? Um, so it's really having that lens of the multicultural lens, but also the holistic lens of, of being respectful in the teaching. Well, Absolutely. we could have a whole other interview just on that topic, <laughs> but I'm going to move us on. My guests today are Christina Gentile and Amy Rubin. My name is Mark Franklin, your host here on Career Buzz. Um, you both have come at this from different angles and have had some twists and turns in your career stories. Um, Christina, what, what are a couple of twists and turns that brought you to the present situation? So I've had uh, quite a bit of a, a rock and roll uh, background. Uh, so I actually started off as a musician. Um, I did two degrees in uh, voice performance. So um, I started off in pop, uh, did a classical degree, then I did a jazz degree. Uh, both of my parents are opera singers. So I grew up in the world of uh, singing and breathing. So I've always been highly influenced by uh, how we breathe and how we sing and how the voice projects and how that says so much about who we are as a person. And uh, when I was teaching voice uh, in a music school, I ended up having a lot of students complaining about their life to me and ended up counseling more than I was teaching voice. So then eventually I made the link that I uh, should probably go down the counseling route um, and integrate kind of what uh, Diane Austin uh, refers to as vocal psychotherapy. Wow, that's a lot of twists and turns there, vocal psychotherapy. So we got everything except the yoga part. Yes. So vocal psychotherapy kind of links in with the yoga part. So um, the yoga version of vocal psychotherapy would be called, I guess, the pranayama aspect and also the nada yoga, the yoga of sound. So those are two things that I've kind of really indulged in and then really I feel passionate about. Um, and so there isn't much being done in that realm right now, but I'm hoping to kind of keep going and uh, becoming one of those people who is going to keep teaching on the subject. Great, nice. We're going to come back to that topic of what people can gain from that combination. But Amy, over to you. What, what are some twists and turns that brought you to, to where you are now? Mm -hmm. Well, I've definitely been twisty and turny. <laughs> also, um, quite influenced by my parents. My father was a, a psychologist and, and is actually quite a respected and active internationally. And although that was an interest of mine and I did my, my undergrad in psychology, I think I needed a little bit of space. So I was like, I'm going to go do yoga and art. And so I, I worked in, in the arts for about 12 years and also in yoga. Now, I came to yoga um, actually because I was having some issues with, um, with body images and my relationship with exercise, and I felt like I had to basically stop moving for a while in order to reset my relationship with my body. And yoga gave me an opportunity to move from a point of view of rather than trying to achieve a goal of just being, just being in my body which was really, really incredible. And um, I think that, that's, that really set the tone for me. And then as my life went on and yoga continued to evolve in North America 
and it became more and more athletic. I kind of took a step back because that wasn't really where I was coming from with it. And um, I noticed that I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to do this as a career, but I'll just see people one-on-one. -on -one. Or I'll do a tiny class with three people who are going through something similar. And essentially that's what yoga therapy is, right? It's working very much individually with people who are transitioning and working with something specific in their life. And then eventually I started working in uh, a drug and alcohol uh, residential center. Um, I was the clinical director there for a few years and everything just kind of came together. There was an opportunity to, uh, as Christina said, really, really take a holistic approach. And, and it was incredible to see how life-changing it was for people. Well, wow, both really um, interesting stories that twist and turn. Um, we're going to find out a bit more about this unique combination. I'll, I'll remind listeners we're talking to uh, Amy Rubin, yoga therapist and counselor, Christina Gentile, clinical counselor and certified yoga teacher. I'm your host Mark Franklin here on Career Buzz. What can listeners get from this unique combination? Both of you are working with breath and yoga and in the body and then this counseling lens also. You know maybe the place to start is the kinds of problems that people might encounter that would benefit from these resources. Christina, what sort of problems did you find? You know, you started way back there when, while these music students were complaining of stuff, what kind of problems were they complaining about and then how do you now work with them? Problems could range from uh, a youth coming in saying, um, even before I hit the piano and said, let's do the scales, uh, someone would say, oh, I'm not gonna sing that note or I can't sing that high, and it, we were not even in the high range on the piano. And so having that conversation around, why do you think you can't hit that note? And what is blocking you emotionally? What is blocking you physically from being able to sing that note? Because I know just with your voice pitch, and also with your probably ability to scream that high at least, that you could hit that note just by hearing somebody's vocal uh, range. And so having that conversation around what is energetically blocking you. And so when we're talking about energy oftentimes then the yoga idea comes back in because we are talking about an energetic body and where is energy stuck in the body. So seeing the body really as um, a vessel for energy to move and oftentimes people have things that are stuck, especially around the voice because we've been shut down so often in our lives saying, oh, don't sing ever again, you sang out a tune or you must be tone deaf, all these things that we hear in our life and then all of a sudden we shut off vocally. And so going back to those narratives and then unblocking those narratives uh, from maybe a vocal perspective through singing, for example. So when we, when we say um, energy gets stuck and there's some sort of core belief or something that that stops people from even hitting a note. Like what, what would an example be of, of somebody who's kind of got some belief system about themselves or maybe a negative belief system that might be blocking them energetically? So a belief system could be, um, I'm not good enough. It could be a, a belief system of um, nobody wants to hear me. Uh, it, could be, it could be anything around those lines of, it's usually obviously a negative belief system, something that, um, that we repeat to ourselves over and over yeah. again. And, and so that, that belief system then just stays with us and we go through life thinking this is the ultimate truth. And so because we think it's the truth, that's how we present in life until somebody actually challenges you and says, actually, do you, are you okay if we look at that belief system? And maybe it's not true. Maybe you have a beautiful voice and maybe that voice is ready to shine now. And so to change that narrative into a positive and to let that person express. And oftentimes what I find is that person may or may not have a cathartic experience or they'll start crying 
And all of a sudden, they release the sense of weight that they've been carrying in their lives for so long. And I see Amy nodding her head. Um, yeah, it's, it's this, um, this sense of almost relief that this person has held on to this, this thing so long, and they release it. And now, all of a sudden, they have a voice that they did not have before. So, and I, that, I find, is just so inspiring to see. That's beautiful. Thanks yeah. for that story. I, that belief, no one wants to hear me. You know, on several levels, people may have that, right? And then this idea of now, I have a voice. People yeah. want to hear me. So what sounds great is that you're working with them both on that kind of personal, interpersonal, conversational level. But yeah. then there's this part where they actually do something in the physical world yes. with their physical body. That seems to be the unique combo that exactly. you bring. And it also links in then also with the breath because obviously where do we hold our breath oftentimes is isn't either in the throat or in the abdomen. And so if somebody is unable to actually vocalize or sing through something uh, or growl through something, whatever sound you might do, we want to start with the basics. And the basics of singing is breathing. And we all breathe, so breathing is multicultural. So it's, it's something everybody can do. So, uh, so going back to the basics of learning how to breathe deeply, and that'll also soothe the, the body because it, it brings you into this kind of rest and restore, relaxation response. I, mean, I just want to write down, breathing is multicultural. That was like, yeah, I mean, of course it is, but I've never heard it put that way. But that is beautiful, right? I mean, everybody, it's something super common across everybody. And in Canada, when we have people from all over the world, it's just an invitation into their world because everybody breathes. Yeah. Love, love that. Thank you. And Amy, over, over to you. You talked about resetting your relationship with your body and then working with people with drug and alcohol addiction. So what is it for you? How do you combine you uniquely these two modalities? Absolutely. Well, we're at such an exciting time for counseling and for uh, mental health and healing because we're beginning to understand that in North America and Western Europe, with the, the narrative has been if you've had something emotionally go wrong, you have to go and you have to talk about it and you have to go delving into your early whatever it was and, and tell the story. And um, for some people that's very helpful, but for some people that's completely unappealing and so they don't seek help because they don't want to go into it verbally maybe maybe they just don't want to want to talk and that's that's really valid and what we're learning is that that's only one way to heal and so what's so wonderful about having yoga therapy as an option is that it gives us lots of different choices so we can talk if we want we can move if we want. We can breathe if we want. We can sit in silence if we want. Whatever door is most comfortable for an individual to walk through, there's the potential for healing. And if you're with someone who can help keep you safe and help uh, keep, keep you in, uh, basically, it's kind of like holding a cocoon for someone, right? And, and it's, they can start where they want to start. They can start where they are and they can have the opportunity to heal in whatever way feels most accessible to them. Do you have a quick example that might kind of bring that to life for listeners? Absolutely. Well, I've done, there, there were a lot of people who, who showed up at our center who um, had experienced trauma or PTSD. And again, we're understanding that PTSD, it can happen through things like experiences in the military, but it, it also happens in everyday life with, um, early childhood experiences and um, sometimes that manifests as chronic pain sometimes sometimes it shows up in a, in a lot of different ways and I, I'm thinking about one person in particular who 
um, felt like when when everything was coming up for him in terms of him really being in his PTSD symptoms, and I do want to say there's there's a, a great movement to change the the terminology from post traumatic stress disorder to post traumatic stress injury, as it's something that happens that we can heal from. It's not it's not, it's not a disorder that you are. Um, he found it very useful to, to, we talked about it being kind of like there's a storm going around you, but there's the eye of the storm that's always still, and it's kind of this plumb line of stillness that even if you can't feel it, it's there. And so his practice was very much just about that when he felt things kind of bubbling up for him, that he just looked for, he just looked for that place of stillness and oftentimes was able to, to find it which meant he was able to tolerate all of these, the, the, the flooding of all these um, emotions and, and thoughts that would come up. And so much of, of healing from a traumatic disorder is being able to tolerate the feelings that come up and have them come down again safely, right? It's like your emotions didn't get to finish, something got interrupted. And um, so that would be one example of, of how, how it helped. Nice example. So just to pull things together here, um, you've just met now at this conference, right? And it sounds like you're thinking about next steps and collaborating, although I know there's a great amount of kilometers between the two of you. <laughs> What's cooking? What do you see in each other when you hear each other's stories? Christina? Um, well, I thought it was really um, kind of serendipitous how Amy and I seem to have a lot in common, <laughs> um, just from the artistic background to um, what shoe color we decided to wear for the conference. <laughs> Wait, oh, I changed shoes by now. So it was really interesting. Um, and just it's been really refreshing to meet somebody who's so open-hearted and kind-spirited like Amy. And so uh, we just kind of decided to maybe start working on uh, something in a literature format together. So, so writing a paper, a blog, uh, something, it, research? We're in such early yeah. early days here, but um, we've, we've been so struck by, uh, there seems to be such a hunger for this, right? Like people, pe so many people have had experiences with yoga, with breathing, with meditation, that um, they know that there's something there, right? And they, they want to learn more and they want to, um, I think they're looking for something other than just the, you know, this is going to change what my butt looks like in my yoga pants. <laughs> they're looking to get back to um, its healing components. Yes. And how to do that in a way that, um, as Christina has said, in a way that's culturally sensitive and in a way that's safe. So, so we're we're just so excited. All right, to we're going to look forward to seeing that next thing. We'll we'll search it on the internet and find you guys. The last question, in thirty seconds each, from your own personal stories, you shared some of your twists and turns and your career and life stories. What's one thing you can share with listeners that you've learned about making good choices in life and career? Some piece of advice that you might share based on your own personal lived experience. Amy. Um. I would say to for for me personally, um, slow down. <laughs> right, take the time to check in. I, I had a counselor mentor who would say, "Yellow light, yellow light, yellow light." Just be able to check in. I think I would second that. I think the ability to slow down in our especially busy society is not encouraged enough. And I know that when you're able to slow down, uh, you're able to listen inward a lot more. 
and, uh, and maybe block out some of what the external environment is trying to tell you rather than to listen to what your heart's actually telling you what to do. Great advice. Christina Gentile and Amy Rubin, thanks for joining us here on Career Buzz. I'm your host, Mark Franklin. If people want to find out more about you, is there a website? Where should they go? What can they do? Uh, yep, yeah, for me, it's uh, Amy Rubin Yoga Therapy. Uh, my website's currently down, but you can reach me at ctina. Gentile, Gentile, G-E-N-T-I-L-E, at gmail.com. Thank you both for joining us on Career Buzz. Thank, Thank you, you very so much, Mark. You've been listening to interviews recorded at the Canadian Counseling and Psychotherapy Association's 2019 conference in Moncton, New Brunswick, here on Career Buzz, where Canada's unique radio conversation that empowers lives, enriches careers, and energizes organizations. I'm your host, Mark Franklin. You can find out more about me at careercycles.com. If you have comments on today's interviews, please email me, mark with a K at careercycles.com. Technical production today was by Kat Klippenstein. Catch Career Buzz every Wednesday, 11 till noon Eastern Time on CIUT 89.5 FM in the Toronto area or CIUT.FM worldwide. Go to careercycles.com and click podcast. I'm Mark Franklin. Thank you for listening to Career Buzz.